Yes. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Uh. The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. What's up? What's up? It is Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks coming to you from Bristol, Connecticut. We've got Anthony and Tom producing the show. Uh, Our schedule was to be on from 9 to 11 this evening, but because of the uh, horrible weather conditions in New York and, you know, guys, uh, hopefully, first things first, like, you know, God bless. Thank you, you guys, for, uh, of course, sticking it out and, and staying to, to do at least do an hour of Week in Wager. We so appreciate it right here on 98.70 SPN. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm living vicariously through Twitter uh, in regard to the weather conditions in New York. So uh, it looks pretty bad, especially in Brooklyn. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're hanging in there. We're dry because we're inside. If anybody is outside in this uh, pouring green, if it is raining, I haven't looked out a window in like seven hours. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it is, then please stay safe out there. Uh, the the videos on Twitter were I, I was sitting in, in the makeup room and I was like looking at, at, at videos and all the makeup, you know, hair, makeup gals. Uh, oh, my God. Are you kidding? Wow. Look, I, I mean, they're just they're unbelievable. So. Uh, I hope everybody out there uh, is safe and um, and not a lot of damage. It, it did look like a few cars and, and whatnot. So um, hopefully this thing will now has passed us and looking at the weather heading into tomorrow and, of course, over the weekend and in uh, and, and through next week is supposed to be absolutely beautiful. So. Um, so hopefully it will only improve. All right, let's dive right into it. It is a gambling show. We've got Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network, who's going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. So always excited to get her on the program. Uh, we've got the fellas representing the United States in the Ryder Cup in Rome right now and uh, not doing well. <laughs> Granted, one day in the books, but nonetheless, Simon Bavin. Uh, is going to join us uh, to, uh, to of course, preview tomorrow, which actually is is right around the corner uh, because they start teeing off at one thirty in the morning because uh, this year's Ryder Cup is in Rome. So we'll have a Ryder Cup recap and preview for you, what to wager on heading into Saturday. Again, one thirty a.m., so you got to get those in. So I thought it'd be great to get Simon on the show. And uh, and we're here to get you locked and loaded heading into this weekend. So let's start first and foremost. We've got a game that just kicked off, and you could still jump on it. And um, and, and that is Oregon State. Uh, so here's the thing: the Beavers, thirteen and one straight up, uh, and and against the spread at home since 2021. Um, their quarterback uh, DJU is is plenty of big game experience. Because he spent a few years at Clemson, he also has the one-two punch running backs uh, Martinez and Finwick. Uh, that's uh, that's going to keep, of course, their opponents, the Utes, Utah, their uh, their pass rush at home. And for me, you know, the Utes, their quarterback Nate Johnson uh, is just unproven. And Camp Rising, if he does play. Uh, needs to to really shake off those cobwebs. So for me, I'm all about the Beavers. I'm all 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 about Oregon State. Here's the thing: I jumped on this earlier in the week when it was two and a half. It's now up to four and a half. I don't like that. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Oregon State. I'm going to play them on the money line, 
and I'm going to parlay that. What does that mean? I'm going to play Oregon State on the money line along with BYU on the money line. BYU kickoff takes place at 10, 10 p.m. What does that mean? For Cincinnati and the Bearcats, it's like them playing a game at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, exactly. Uh, BYU, a very faithful and excited fan base on top of the fact that they will be playing with the altitude, which obviously is going to help them as well. So all the things, as many people like to say, all the things going against Cincinnati, their offense also has been really inconsistent in the red zone. They have fewer uh, than than half of their trips to the red zone. They have not been able to uh, score a touchdown. Cincinnati's quarterback, Emory Jones, has tossed zero touchdowns and four interceptions in his last two games. Meanwhile, BYU... They've converted on all 15 uh, of, uh, of their red zone appearances. 12 of those 15 have been touchdowns. So I just think BYU, I, and, and by the way, I love, I'm, I'm going to play BYU on the money line, period. And then I'm also going to play BYU as a money line parlay along with the Oregon State Beavers. Okay, so that's what I'm doing tonight. Okay. We've already got some callers who want to chime in. Um, I do have some college football plays for you. I'm going to share with you a little bit later. Obviously, well, LSU Ole Miss, big game. Notre Dame Duke might be the biggest. How about that? Um, USC and Colorado will probably be the most watched. Will it not? Caleb Williams going up against Deion Sanders and that horrible Colorado Buffalo defense. They just got destroyed by Oregon last week. So, um, I will have some other college football plays for you, but I just wanted to get you those uh, right off the bat at the top of the show so you can get those in right now, okay? So you can get those in right now. Let's look back before we look forward. Last night, if you watch Daily Wager, that's what I'm doing up here in Bristol, uh, hosting Daily Wager again. I'll be back on tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. getting you ready for week five of the college football season. And, uh, and of course, back on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. So you want to stay tuned for that. Daily Wager, shameless plug, not so sh- shameless, on ESPN2. But if you watched last night, uh, it, guys, every single one of my bets hit. Every single one. It was, a cl- it was like a clean sweep. All my prop bets hit. I had like four or five prop bets out there in the game. Um, I had Detroit minus one and a half. I had Western Kentucky. Um, everything, I mean, I, I was on fire last night, uh, but so were the Detroit Lions, right? Uh, they took out years of NFC North anguish on the Packers. They won 34 to 20 at Lambeau Field. The Lions have been uh, one of the best bets in the NFL. Get this. I, I don't know about you guys. I love Dan Campbell. I love him. Um, this is a Lions team. They're 26 and 12 against the spread. Uh, with Dan Campbell, which is really, really, really impressive. So here's here's what's interesting. And I'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. So the Lions now are 7-1 to one to win the NFC. Okay? They're, just, they're a step below the 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. I think, guys, and feel free to chime in here, Anthony and Tom, again, producing the show this evening. I think we're all in agreement, right? The 49ers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, cream of the crop when it comes to the NFC. Not a lot of great teams in the NFC. But are we sleeping on the Lions? And is there value here getting the Lions at 7-1? to one? Yeah, I, I think so. I, right? I say there is. Tom? 
I think I think there's value too. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to necessarily call the Lions one of the top teams in the NFC thus far. I mean, obviously they've played that way, but if we're going to call them like a top four team in the NFC, I don't know about that. Maybe I need to see a little bit more. But like you said, there's not really that much competition out there besides the 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys. Again, odds makers, I think they're the smartest people on the planet, at least, you know, close to it. Again, they're seven to one. So, you know, I'm not saying that they're in the vicinity of the 49ers, Eagles, or Cowboys. But with those odds, they're really tempting. Here's, here, and, and here's why, guys. Let's give credit where credit's due. Lions draft classes the last two years, they hit it out of the ballpark. All right? Their general manager, their scouting department, they need to get a raise. Hutchinson, beast. Absolute beast. Okay. Every game Detroit plays, you need to go to the window. You need to bet that Hutchinson's going to walk away with a sack. This year, Laporta, tight end. Gibbs, running back. Branch, safety. Campbell, linebacker. All four of those dudes contributing. All four of them. And I mean like, and and, and here's another thing. Beat, this Detroit Lions team... They're, to me, they're like the Orioles of the of the of Major League Baseball. Um, which, by the way, uh, they they won the American League East, right? So kudos to them, congratulations. You know that whole fan base just absolute living in misery since 2014. Is that the team you have a future on? Um, I wish I would have that 25 to one to win the the AL East when when the when the season began. Imagine getting imagine putting a hundred hours on that. I thought you had one. I forget. No, you know what I had, Anthony, and I, I adore you for 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 trying to remember my bets. Um, uh, I had uh, Arizona Diamondbacks over win total, and and they surpassed that. It was seventy four and a half, so they surpassed that yet. So they, that was my favorite Major League Baseball futures bet heading into this season, and 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 so yeah, Mama Mama got a nice new pair of shoes with that. But I wish I would have put money on the Orioles at twenty five to one to win the American League East. Cue uh, John Denver, please. Um, too close to it. Too close to it. But I, I look at this Lions team, and the future is extremely bright because you have this many guys, rookies, playing on rookie deals for the next five years, contributing the way that they are. Huh? <laughs> Watch out. Here's another reason why I like the the, the Lions seven to one. Do you know they have the easiest strength of schedule for the remainder of the NFL season? They have the out of all 32 teams, they have the easiest schedule for the remainder of the NFL. You know what that means? Got what if what if they end up with the number 1 seed? The Dallas Cowboys, third most difficult schedule. The Eagles, seventh most difficult schedule, and the 49ers, the 15th most difficult schedule, and I talked about this before the season began. As the season progresses, like from week thir- from week 12 to week 17 or 18, whatever, the 49ers, the rest disadvantage that they have against their opponents is like negative 14 days. It's ridiculous. So I, I'm just I, at seven to one. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. And guys, remember this conversation. Remember this show. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it seven to one. Oh, we have it documented. We're good. I'm just throwing it out there. You'll be thinking about me. You'll be thinking about me. Um, all right. So we got you some college. Um, I wanted to get in the Lions and the Futures bet, especially after yesterday's win. 
Um, Artie, let's get Artie because he's been holding on for a second. And obviously we've got Cynthia Freeland who's going to be joining us momentarily. And and obviously I'm going to ask her about that Kansas City Jets game. Artie, how are you doing this evening? What's up, man? I'm looking at this game on Sunday and I'm saying just throw it to the wind and just let him come out with a two-minute drill and play that way. What's the difference between losing 30-3 to and 60-30? I mean, so here's, but, but here's, here's, yeah. here's why. And, and Artie, great to hear your voice. Thank you so much for calling in on a late Friday Thanks, night. Anita. Really appreciate it, my friend. Here's, here's, here's what the problem's going to be. Um, don't forget, and Giants fans, Spags is the defensive coordinator for Kansas City. We talk so much about Kansas City's offense. We don't talk enough about Kansas City's defense. They're good. Spags is coming home. Granted, he's going to be on the opposite side of the field, and he's going to be wearing red. But boy, is he comfortable here at MetLife, okay? Spags is coming home. He's got Chris Jones back on that line. He's going to pin his ears back. He's coming out. So you need to run the football in order to keep Spags and that pass rush at home at bay. So Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, they need, like, they need to run the football to help Zach Wilson out. That's why, Artie, if you just have Zach Wilson back there, shotgun, two-minute drill, what like behind this offensive line, uh, he's toast. He's toast. Anyway, um, we, I'll tell you one thing we do know. The Swifties, they're going to invade MetLife Stadium on Sunday night to watch Travis Kelsey. Get this. Prop bets are out for Travis Kelsey. Over under six and a half receptions, 73 and a half receiving yards, Granted, he just had 95 receiving yards through two games this season, though. Um, he has scored twice. Uh, he is minus 160 to score a touchdown on Sunday night. That just might be my best bet on Sunday night. Because you know he's going to score a touchdown, then they go up into the suite, and we're going to see Taylor Swift, more chest pump. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, check it out now. That music only means one thing. Cynthia Freeland joining us now on 98.7 ESPN. Cynthia, how you doing, girl? I'm great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, let's dive right into it. Uh, the Swifties, they're going to be invading MetLife Stadium on Sunday night. You know it. Travis Kelsey props are out. Over under six and a half receptions, 73 and a half receiving yards, and minus 160 to score a touchdown. I think I'm, that just might be my best bet on Sunday. Uh, your thoughts on Kansas City coming to New York? The Jets still rolling. With Zach Wilson. Here's what's interesting as well, Cynthia. I don't quite understand this. This line is going down. I thought it would go up. Kansas City opened up at 9.5. I thought it would go up to 10, possibly 10.5 at kickoff. But it's not. It's coming down. It's 9. It's minus 9. What's your thoughts? On, what's, what's your thought on the line movement? I mean, the line movement's interesting. But I do have to give some respect here to the Jets' defense. Because... As good as we've seen Patrick Mahomes be completing the most different passes to different receivers, and as important as Travis Kelsey is, and as fun as it's all been with the Swifties invading everything and everyone wanting Travis Kelsey to score 89 touchdowns and 89 yards and blah, 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 I think at the end of the day, like these are still professionals who are not going to allow for that type of receiving day for multiple pass catchers on this team. I mean, last week we saw, you know, obviously the Dolphins hang up 70, but if that Marquez Valdez Scantling touchdown hadn't been called back, the Chiefs would have actually had the single highest half in NFL history for scoring. And that's at the same time as that Dolphins game. So I don't think that this defense is going to allow anywhere near anything that looked like that to happen. Um, Travis Kelsey prop bets. Are you all over them? I mean, because like, like every time I'm on like TikTok or Instagram, it's all Kelsey <laughs> and, and, and Taylor Swift. It's out of control. It's out of control. I think I might, maybe I, maybe I like, I don't know what what's wrong with me, but I'm like a little saturated on this. I'm like, cool, let them have their relationship. I Sure, it's fun. I like fun. I'm with you. But like, okay, like, we, I get it. And I do appreciate all the people who are like, yeah, like Taylor Swift really put him on the map. And like, they're doing these TikToks about how that annoys their boyfriends, which is pretty funny. But you know, I'm kind of like, can we just play football? We have some really great games this weekend. And I, I, as much as I like that game, like, I mean, there's a game that's going on in upstate New York, that Western New York, that, you know, maybe is going to be more of like a football football game <laughs> as opposed to like, you know, is Travis Kelsey, is, is Taylor, is the traffic going to be terrible getting out of MetLife because Taylor Swift, like, again, it's fun, but I just like football. <laughs> I hear you, and last last week's slate was mwah. This week's slate, I'm with you. I like as well. Before, I definitely want to talk to you about that Bills-Miami game, uh, but let's keep it here in our own backyard for just a second, and, um, and, and let's talk about the Giants at home getting ready to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, this, this, this line's interesting as well. Um, you've got the Giants as a home dog. They're plus one and a half. I know that there's some talk and speculation that Saquon Barkley uh, potentially could play here. I just, my guts, t- after the Seattle Seahawks, it's at Miami and at the Dallas Cowboys, or, or, or vice versa. The next two games are on the road playing those two very, very good teams. Uh, my gut's telling me 
that maybe, just maybe, it would be more wise for the Giants to hold off on Saquon Barkley and possibly save him for those two road games and try to beat the Seattle Seahawks through the air um, in this matchup at home. It's just what my gut is telling me. Um, Are you taking the Seattle Seahawks at minus one and a half, or are you rolling with the home dog here? I want to roll with the home dog. I love the idea of it, and I want – I love when Saquon Barkley being gone, like – I just love watching Saquon play. So I don't really, you know, obviously everyone would prefer him to play. But ultimately in this matchup, I just, it comes down to the defense and the fact that, I mean, Wink's going to blitz and it doesn't matter if it's working or not. Like there's like two things you can count on. It's like taxes and Wink Martindale blitzing. And the interesting part about that is that even with those tackles missing, like Gino's had a lot of plans that like just really like are good at, subverting like the impact of the blitz and you know between the running backs being really healthy and looking good for you know Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet I just don't I don't like this matchup because I feel like Pete Carroll and that offense are going to control a lot more and it's not going to be something where Saquon can just you know come in and even if he's playing like take control over this defense that is getting inching better and better every single week. Yeah, it's just. I mean, listen. Then this team would start what one in one in three, right? One in three, and then having to go on the road, you know, to Miami and to the Dallas Cowboys. But you know, again, looking at the Dallas Cowboys, you know, uh, they. <laughs> I I mean, smoke mirrors. You know what I mean? Like they lost to the Cardinals, who the Giants were able to to, to come back and beat in the second half, yet. The Dallas Cowboys destroyed them in week one. It's got, you know, I, I know you and I have talked about this quite often, and that is like, you know, you, you really don't have a good feel of a team's identity and just how good mm. or bad they are until we get into week four, I think, in the NFL. And, and, yeah. and I know that we're, we're in agreement here. So do we really know how good or how bad uh, the Dallas Cowboys are? I, I don't think we do. Yeah, I mean, I, we certainly don't. And then, of course, they kind of had to, it's going to take them a minute because without Trayvon Diggs, that's going to be different too. And then, you know, obviously the run defense we saw last week, they gave James Conner almost five yards before contact on each rush as an average. But those mm-hmm. they are like, okay, what, what? <laughs> like you're going to let him get a full head of steam? Okay, sure. Like that's confusing too. <laughs> um, talking about a full head of steam, let's talk about the Miami Dolphin Buffalo Bill game. Buffalo at home, two and a half. Point favorite. Very interesting. Back in December, when these two teams met, Buffalo was favored by seven. But because the Miami Dolphins are coming off of a, like a butt, can I say no? I won't. Uh, a butt whipping, whipping. against yep. against right um, on on the Denver Broncos. This line is two and a half. And talk about steam. You know, we talk about Mike McDaniel, and 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 I know a lot of people have already gone to the window to try to uh, win, put that place that bet for Coach of the Year. How he's using the pre-snap motion and getting arguably the fastest team in the NFL already faster because you know they're they're already at like you know half speed once they hit the line. It's brilliant. But this Buffalo Bills team, I still to me they're still the best team in the AFC East until they lose. Uh, I, I I'll lay the points with Buffalo. I think their defense is good. This will be the third out of four games that the Dolphins have have to hit the road. I'm on Buffalo here. What say you, Cynthia? 
I'm on Buffalo as well. There's a couple reasons. And the first is last week, look, we know we know that Tua was getting the ball out of his hands at a crazy fast pace, faster than the, any team has managed to sack a quarterback this season. That's his average time to throw, which is so, so, so low. And we know that the Bills, like, they're able to construct a lot of different defensive formations to try to stop that. But, but here's the thing. The Bills are also coming off a situation where, you know, they had a historically high rate of pressure. Almost 70% of their dropbacks last week against Sam Howell resulted in a pressure sack or anything that would, like, disrupt Sam's throwing ability. So that high pressure rate's a big deal. But moreover, it's really the fact that Jalen Phillips is missing from the the Dolphins defense in this matchup, which is huge. And you've seen James Cook, the rushing efficiency, and that 12 personnel. So it's heavy, two tight end sets, heavy packages. Those have been extremely helpful for Josh Allen and company. So I actually think that the Bills and their strength, which is different this season than what we, you know, you never talk Bills and be like, hey, they got a great run game. Like that just hasn't happened in years. But now you have to give James Cook his, you know, his, his just due. And that's what the difference is. So I actually think if you look at, you know, look at the stats about the Dolphins against play action, and it's not great. And it, look at them against, like, where you see both Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid catch passes where they've been targeted. It's not, it's not great. It's not the strength of the Dolphins' defense. So it's actually the Dolphins' defense that I think is the most vulnerable piece of this, not – you know, the other side, it's going to be it's going to be a track race. Like, you know, it's a track meet, and they, you know, even Coach McDermott was like, I wish we had Usain Bolt out there so we could practice. But it's really the defense of the, the Dolphins that, that tips the scales in favor of the Bills for me. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Just a second ago, we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they have an interesting matchup. They're home, Big D, favored by six against the Patriots. This line has come down. It was seven. I thought maybe it was going to go mm-hmm. the opposite way. You know me. I love Mac Jones. Uh, when he was a rookie, he put up 29 points against Dan Quinn and that defense. Um, and now he's got Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator. I like the Patriots with the points here. I also think this is a good spot to use them as a two-team six-point teaser and tease them up to plus 12. How are you playing this one, Cynthia? I think that – I actually think it's going to be about eight points in large part because – I don't know what we maybe they'll like come out with a story about like someone was sick last week for the for the Cowboys. We saw the O line woes were happening. To me, as long as that O line's in place for the Cowboys, that will help because you got to keep Dak kind of just average or a little above average. You don't need him to be like world beating. You just need that defense to be able to feast. And I do think that they they were a little bit taken off. You know, they're a little bit caught off guard there because Joshua Dobbs, like, really ran well. And now you're looking, this is not a mobile quarterback in Mac Jones. He's not going to, he's not a rushing threat for, you know, every single down. And it's just, it's just going to look a lot different. And I, I still think, I think that Dallas is a, like a get right moment here. And they're like, woof, we did not like that last game against the Cardinals. Let's get, I think it's a get right situation for them. But I like it more than 12. I think eight points is my, is my number. Okay. So, um, so twelve would would be really really tasty <laughs> mm-hmm. as a two team six point teaser. Cynthia, before we let you go, we always like to talk some fantasy, um, and we saw some backup quarterbacks play last week. Of course, Andy Dalton uh, being one of them, my guy Gardner Minshew being another. Not sure who's going to be playing this week. Derek Carr dealing with a shoulder could be Jameis Winston. 
Um, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, dealing with a concussion. Could be Hoyer. Could be a rookie. O'Connell. Watson now, we mm-hmm. hear today, dealing with a shoulder. I know he told the media that he was going to play, but uh, you never know. They've got a, a tough matchup against the Baltimore Ravens coming their way. So first and foremost, let's start with some quarterbacks. Who are some of the quarterbacks you like flying low on the radar that just in case somebody doesn't have a Derek Carr or a Deshaun Watson, who would you roll with? I might roll with Brock Purdy. If you, it, I mean, it doesn't sound like super sexy because, you know, Christian McCaffrey is there and it kind of becomes a vulture. But I do think Brock Purdy is in, is in pretty good shape to look good yet again. Remember, I feel like because he played, it feels like he played so, so long ago. <laughs> um, but, you know, Thursday he's had some rest. Like, it's a good matchup. I think this is a Brock Purdy situation if you are very stuck. I'm not, I'm not suggesting you play him over the usual suspects, but he falls in about my top 12, top 11. I love I love Russell Wilson this week against Chicago. Chicago's defense has just been god awful, um, and and both I think defenses both of those defenses have been sus, very right. sus, and especially to the run. Absolutely. Um, also, if if Saquon Barkley does not play, um, Daniel Jones, I think he's he's going to have to he's going to have to chuck the rock a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if he has over fifty attempts against Seattle, and I like the over in that game as well. Uh, in regard to running backs, Kamara back in action for the Saints. Today, Eckler, we got news that the ankle is not well, does not look like he's going to suit up. So if you drafted him on your fantasy football roster, um, that is not good news. Again, talking about Saquon Barkley, not sure. And, and, and it really it stinks because it's a Monday night game. So with that being said, who are yep. some of the who's who are some of the running backs that you are eyeing this week? Well, I think that Zach Charbonnet, I, I understand like, you know, Giants fans don't want to hear this, but you know, it's it's that could be a good if you if you get in that situation on Monday, if you can do Saquon and Zach Charbonnet, now they're not gonna be anywhere near the same amount of points, but if you're trying to hedge for that potential and you really want to hold out to see if Saquon plays, that would be a move that, you know, a, a decent move to do if you didn't have Brita or any sort of backup in that case. Um, but I'm also thinking that this might be the, like Jalen Warren, and we keep talking about him. He kind of hasn't like, it hasn't happened yet, but I think he's in pretty decent shape. And if you're very, very strapped, you could actually also consider Latavius Murray because those goal line carries are kind of split between he and, you know, Damien Harris. So it's, it's I, I think you could look at that game as well. Um, what about Rashawn Johnson from the Chicago Bears? Herbert is doing nothing. Whenever Johnson gets yeah. the opportunity, his his yards per carry far exceed what Herbert's doing, and he's got a good matchup against the Denver Broncos. I like it. I think that's a good one. I, I have Javante Williams ranked really high this week, and I also think Rashawn Johnson is a good – he's in good shape. I mean, it's funny because – you know, we've, we're forgetting he's like the other Texas rookie running back, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's Don't forget about him. For sure. Uh, in, in regard to wide receivers, talk to us. Who do you like this week? Well, I'm, and look, okay, I hate any time there's an injury, always. But Joshua Palmer, if he's somehow available, that's going to be a good one. Obviously, Keenan Allen will get the lion's share of those targets, but – you know, Mike Williams is gone for the season. If he's somehow available, you want to scoop him up. Tutu Atwell, also a good opportunity. I don't know if Pukunuku is 100% healthy. He did not look that way, and he missed a bunch of snaps last week, and he only had those five catches. So I'm just interested to see if he's not 100%, and Atwell 
was certainly a guy who got a lot of looks in the red zone. So that would be a good pick as well. And last but not least, before we let you go, tight ends. I I think this might be the like this might be the Dalton Kincaid come out game. Like I just that twelve personnel is good. He's likely not available in any of your leagues, so maybe if season long that's that's not gonna be the answer. But for daily, you wanna pick like do if you're doing multiple lineups in daily, do some with Dawson and do some with Dalton and I think that's gonna be really interesting. And then of course, go back to the Patriots, go back to that well. You really wanna see, okay, like you know, they, they obviously like Henry, like he's, he, it's good. It's going to be a good pick for them. Cynthia, you rock as always, my friend. Thank you so much. Always great having you on. Thank you. Great having, great always being on with you. It means the world to me. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. And we're talking golf. Ryder Cup, baby. Are you wearing your red, white, and blue? I certainly hope so. They're going to need it. Um, We've got Simon Babin, who's joining us from Form Golfer, formgolfer.com. Work with them all golf season. And Simon, you guys just, you I mean, you guys just absolutely crushed it. You know, if, if folks aren't following you, they're not going to your website. There's something wrong. Why don't, why don't you look before we start doing a deep dive into this right this this Ryder Cup? Why don't you let the folks know exactly how successful you guys were this season? Uh, yeah, it's been an incredible season for us. Um, we made around 350 points profit on our picks and a return on investment just over 40. percent um, You know, it was a year that had some big price winners early on, and Victor Hovland. Uh, we were all over him at the back end of the season, the FedEx Cup. So that just topped it off for us. So yeah, it's been a great year. Uh, hoping to carry on again once the Ryder Cup's done and the new season starts. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have no doubt. Um, So great to have you on with us. Uh, Again, it is the Ryder Cup, the 44th edition. And let's let's before we start doing a dive into, you know, where where we're at right now. And of course, Euro was so dominant in day one. They're up six and a half as compared to the United States at one and a half. And I do want to talk about the odds and whatnot. But, um, you know, whatever host. uh, you know, if the United States hosts, more times than not, they win. If Europe hosts, more times than not, they win. It's just, it's, you know, it's, I'm sure it's the crowds, right? Over 50,000 rabid fans yelling, screaming in your face, which of course we know a lot of golfers are not used to. Uh, I'm, I would imagine that the course selection is very strategic in regard to benefiting what these guys have been used to growing up playing in and in their comfort level and, and what's in their bag and how their game um, can thrive on certain courses and, and whatnot, right? Like talk about the strategy and, and why you think Marco Simone was the course that was chosen for this Ryder Cup. Oh, I mean, first and foremost, I think he's a great match play course. I've been watching it all day and there's so many good match play holes, risk and reward, strategic holes. So I think it sets up really well for Ryder Cup. And obviously it's got, because it's undulating, it's got some great views for the spectators as well, which unfortunately was a problem last week at the Solheim Cup. So I think it's a, it is a really great match play course. And the way they've set it up, I think Luke Donald made no secret of the fact he was going to make the rough penal and challenging, um, try and take away um, some of the Americans' driving advantage, because I think Europe has it when it comes to straight, accurate driving. We've got the likes of Ram, McElroy, Hovland. So I think, you know, having watched it all day, some of the rough is truly horrible. The penalties for missing the fairways, missing the greens are really severe. Um, and I think that was the key strategic play when it came to the course setup. Um, 
it's you know it's just looking like a really fine rider venue to me and i'm looking forward to seeing the next couple of days play out on it um it, it definitely is going to be fun that's for sure is uh, the united states really need to uh to to <laughs> um I, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, undo the damage, right? Um, so Europe, where it stands right now, they're up six and a half compared to uh, the United States that are one and a half. So really they're up five, uh, five points where they're, they're at six and a half and the United States is at one and a half. So right now, where do the, what do the lines look like? Um, in order for Europe to win, they're minus 650. Now keep in mind, Simon, over the summer, because you and I, you've been on the show before, we talked about it, this was the United States was favored over the summer, minus 190, minus 195 in some places. But as we got closer to the tournament, um, the, the money, it, it changed. I want to say right before, you know, the first the first session, I want to say it was kind of an even. If anything, it was like the United States was favored by like minus 110. Uh, so it was it was a huge swing there. And then, of course, now. You can get the United States to, uh, if, if you hope that they can engineer this monumental comeback at plus 750, Europe is minus 650, a tie is 14 to 1. Your thoughts on these odds? Uh, if, I, if I was betting now, I think I would be favoring a small play on the US at, at around 6 or 7 to 1. I mean, the point you make about the odds changing over the last few weeks is interesting. I think there are a few things behind that. Um, firstly, I think the the tail end of the European team looked set to be really, really weak. But by the time Luke Donald was picking his wild cards, there were a few guys really playing themselves into form. Nikolai Hoygaard, Ludwig Oberg came out of absolutely nowhere to make the team. And I think the team we've gone with ended up being an awful lot stronger than it looked like it was going to be um, even, a, even a month or two ago. Um, I think the second factor that came into that was obviously, like you, like you mentioned, the home record. I don't think Europe has lost on home soil for something like 30 years. Um, I'll be honest with you, I would have still made the US marginal favourites. Um, but, you know, day one has gone very much Europe's way. But like I say, I think six to one for a comeback. You know, if the US could win both sessions tomorrow by any sort of margin, it'll still be all to play for going into the singles on Sunday. Again, Simon Babin joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, getting you ready for the Ryder Cup day two. Everything kicks off at 1.30 in the morning, so that's just a few hours from now. Um, so, of course, same format tomorrow, right? Foursome and then, of course, uh, four ball. So, four, so, so let's start with foursomes first. Okay, so you could actually, you could actually, so tomorrow, um, foursomes, you could wager that Europe's going to win at plus 130. You could wager that the United States is going to win at plus 160. And uh, for four ball, you could wager that Europe is going to win at plus 140 and the United States to win at plus 150. So shelf those for a second. Um, you know, it, Hovland and Rom have been outstanding where a lot of our studs here on the American side can't lay um, as well as Colin Morikawa, they have been struggling. So heading into day two, I'm saying, you know, I mean, can they turn it around in 24 hours, less than 24 hours? I don't know, Simon. A part of me wants to lean towards Europe, especially in day two. You're getting Europe in four ball at plus 140 and Europe at plus 130 in foursomes. What say you? Um I think I'm probably with you. If you were to ask me to pick a winner right now, particularly for the foursomes where Europe was so strong today, I would be picking Europe at those prices. Um, 
a lot will depend on the picks. We haven't yet seen the picks for tomorrow's foursomes. And I think I'd be waiting to see how the match is set up before getting involved. Um, I would imagine Luke Donald will be playing John Rahm again, Victor Hovland again, Rory McIlroy again. Um, but he could really pick from any of the other guys to pair with them. I suspect we may well see Hovland and Aberg again because they did so well this morning. Uh, you may well see Rahm Hatton again, McIlroy Fleetwood again. Um so, yeah, I think I would be waiting. I think the picks will be coming out in the next hour or two and see how they set up. But, yeah, if you ask me right now, I'd probably favour Europe a little in the foursomes and then perhaps a fight back in the afternoon from the Americans. Um, prior to this bad boy starting, I know you and I were texting one another and uh, you really liked Hovland a lot and you liked him to be the highest point scorer for Europe, and I, I did place that bet after uh, after I got your text. Uh, what is it about this course and about Hovland that um, that you feel is is a perfect match? No pun intended. Well, I mean, first and foremost, he's just the hottest guy on the planet at the moment, and he has been for you know the last month or two. And um, secondly, this course just sets up perfectly for him. Um, kind of mentioned the importance of being straight here and staying out of the out of the heavy rough. We all know Rory McIlroy is a great driver of the golf ball, but he is prone to putting the occasional one wide, whereas Hovland has just been arrow straight for you know the last couple of months. So he, you know, he stood out for me at nine to one to be overall event top point scorer and around five to one to be European top point scorer. Um, he's slightly behind McIlroy at the end of day one. I think McIlroy is the only player to have two points from two, but then you've got Hovland and John Rahm just behind him and one and a half points. So. It's um it's going to be tight between them, uh, but much will depend on kind of which team picks up the most points over the next couple of days, um, and I suspect we'll see Ram Hovland and McElroy play all five games. Uh, last one before I let you go, um, you know, again a, mon- a monumental comeback uh, is going to have to be engineered for this U- team USA to to win. With that being said. Um, I think some hefty expectations for Scotty Scheffler. We know how what what amazing uh, how how on point his game has been this season outside of his putter, but he spent the last few weeks uh, over a month right working on his putting with a European coach and actually is putting a little bit better. What what do you know about that? What do you know about this uh, this this his putting lessons and you know what you've seen from him so far? So I know he's been working with Phil Kenyon, who's a you know he's a world-renowned putting coach. He's um, amongst the very best in the world. Um, I wouldn't profess to know enough about putting to be able to tell you exactly what the difference is. Um, you know, if I could putt, I'd be a four handicapper rather than a ten. Um, <laughs> but but to my eye, certainly he looked a little better today. He's still not putting you know, like the best guys on the planet do, but he hold more than he has been doing all season. And, you know, as we go into the start of the new season, it'll be really interesting to see if that carries on because, you know, as we know, right, if he putted even in the top 10% of the PGA Tour last year, he'd have probably won about eight events. So um, perhaps he's just starting to turn the corner, but I'd want to see it over, you know, two, three, four weeks before being convinced about it. Fantastic. Great stuff as always, Simon. Really do appreciate you. Um, Again, check out all Simon's work, uh, his picks, form golfer. They just absolutely crushed it this season. Um, And and I'm I'm sure we'll continue to do so. Uh, Simon, congratulations to your European dominance. We'll see if the United States can come back in this one. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. You got it. 
This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I'm checking all my boxes here. Uh, Simon is just awesome, and I love hearing him speak. I just, I, I love, I love European foreign accents. Uh, they're just so awesome. Um, so how am I playing this? And, and again, keep in mind, uh, it's Rome, so therefore action starts at 1.30 this morning. Um so a few things. Number one, uh, USA, they are, uh, you, you can bet on them right now to come back and win this at plus 550. Listen, last time it happened was, I went with 1999, something like that at Brookline. Yeah, 1999 when the Americans came back to win it at Brookline. Chances are it's not going to happen, but at plus 550, I don't know, throw 10 bucks on it, right? What do you have to lose? 10 bucks? What's that? A, 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 a coffee at Starbucks? Um, tomorrow, day two, I like Europe to win the foursome session and, uh, and you can get that at plus 110. Uh, they're just so dominant. So I, I like Europe to win the foursome session tomorrow and matchups. I like Hovland and Eber, 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 um, the G silent, um, over Scotty Scheffler and Brooks Kepka tomorrow. Uh, big reason this course sets up perfectly for Hovland. As Simon said, he just he can't mess, miss fairways. Uh, the rough has been very unforgiving, especially to the United States. That's where they, they've really been struggling. And I just, um, you know, Scotty's flat stick is better, but I don't think it's it, it'll rise to the Ryder Cup occasion. So, uh, again, if you want to throw some coin on Team USA at plus 550 uh, and just, you know, because you want some money on where your heart is, I'm, I'm not going to be mad at you. Do it. Why not? But I do like the I, I do like Europe to win the foursome session tomorrow, and I, I do like Hovland and Abair to win their matchup tomorrow as well. That's how I'm playing that. Also, some news this week: the Bucks. That's right, they trade Lillard to the to, or, or I should say, sorry, the Blazers trade l- traded. <laughs> Speak, Anita. You do it for a living. Sounds it out. There you go, Tom. Thank you. The Blazers traded Damian Lillard to the Bucks. So what happens now? They are now favored to win the NBA championship. Can you guys believe that? Talk about the disrespect to the Denver Nuggets. What's going on there? So here's the thing. I do like the Bucks to win the East because I don't like what the Celtics have done. I'm, I'm not a big fan of KP. Porzingis, he's always injured. And I think them losing Marcus Smart, no bueno. Loved him on defense. So, futures-wise, based on what happened in the NBA this week, like the Bucks to win the East, but I'm still on Denver to run it back. Um, you know, they're just, they're amazing. And and not to say that Lillard and, and, and Giannis are not, they are. Uh, and it's going to be a fun NBA season. There's no denying that. But right now, okay, I'm I'm on the Bucks to win the East, but I'm not on the Bucks right now to win the championship. I to me, it's still it's still Denver. Also, don't forget, bright and early Sunday morning, 9:30 a.m. Jags at Wembley taking on the Atlanta Falcons. It is a home game for the well home, like away from home home game. They're three and zero at Wembley. Um, keep in mind the Jags have been the most unluckiest team in the NFL this season. Calvin Ridley, if you have him on fantasy, uh, he dropped two touchdown passes. Not one, but two. He sure did. Yeah, I, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy about it. I have I know. no fantasy. Yeah, I, I think that, that's three That's three for three. We all do. 
so I'll tell you what, now would be a really good time to trade for him. I would. I'd get, I'd get out there. I'd offer trades for him because, I, you know, he's just he's got a case of the dropsies right now. But Trevor Lawrence still goes back to him. He's still averaging seven targets a game. And he's not going to drop the ball all season long. Falcons, they're one-dimensional. They run the football. Jags defense only allowing 84 rushing yards per game. So I'm on the Jags here. I'll lay the points. That's an early morning game. Make sure you get on that. And uh, and let's let's end the show strong. I, I gave you my uh, my picks for college football tonight. Again, I, I like Oregon State on the money line, and I'm going to parlay that with BYU going up against Cincinnati, the Bearcats on the money line. I also like BYU straight up on the money line. That's how I'm playing tonight. How am I playing the rest of the college football Saturday? Uh, LSU going up against Ole Miss. I'm going to lay the points with LSU. Um, Ole Miss, of course, coming off that loss to Bama. Uh, They're kicking players off the team. I think it's a bad locker room right now. The Tigers, in my in my opinion, have the better quarterback. I think they have the best quarterback in the conference. Uh, their their ability to score often, linebacker Harold Perkins is getting after that quarterback. I just think LSU coming out weak, losing week one, but they've really turned it around. So I'm gonna lay the points with LSU at minus two and a half. Notre Dame and Duke. I like the under here at fifty three. Um, you know, the big storyline is how is the Irish gonna respond to that gut punch last week, that loss to OSU. Notre Dame's defense held OSU uh, to uh, 17 points. Duke can handle the bright lights, and they held Clemson to seven points and an upset win. So both these defenses are really phenomenal. Uh, Notre Dame is likely going to be without wide receiver Jaden Thomas, and I think both these teams are going to be very run heavy. So Notre Dame and Duke under 53 That's my other play. And then last but not least, I've saved the best for last, right? And that's USC going up against Colorado. I'm going to play the under here, under 73 and a half. And I know that's going to surprise some folks because Buffalo, uh, Colorado's defense has just got awful and he's going up against Caleb Williams and we know how great Caleb Williams is. But it's a 10 a.m. local start, which means it's a 9 a.m. game for California. So I think their offenses are going to start off sluggish, okay? Uh, Both of their offenses are going to have to go off in order for this this over to hit. And Caleb, get this, 75% of the time, Caleb Williams is pulled in the fourth quarter. Marinating that for a minute. And and also, I just don't think, as much as you know, Colorado's been the big story, I just don't think opposing coaches want to run up the score on Dion. It's just a bad look, I think, for teams. So I, I like the under. I will lay the points with USC, minus 21 and a half, but I think the play here is the under. It's 73 and a half. Hey, Anthony and Tom, appreciate you too. Adore you guys. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Be safe out there. I'm back on tomorrow afternoon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.